Hey listeners, this is Blake again. I just wanted to take this time at the beginning of the episode to let you know about what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. We are going to be running some new episodes called Question Time. Question Time is going to be focused solely on Year 12 preparation for the HSC. So we're still going to be talking about historical topics, but it's going to be focused on practice questions that you're going to get in the HSC. Um, For example, the first two that we're going to be tackling is to what extent did Deng Xiaoping transform China? And then another one is assessing how the uh, Berlin Wall, its construction and the Cuban Missile Crisis contributed to the development of the Cold War. Um, I'm going to be taking a back seat and just simply producing these episodes because the kids are really up to the point where they can really run the show themselves, which is absolutely excellent. It's the best outcome for this project. So there's going to be some changing hosts. I'm still going to be doing some shows, speaking to other curious people and throwing it in when we have the time. But the next couple of weeks, especially if you're a HSC student, this is going to be invaluable for thinking about how you're going to construct your argument, hear some evidence, um, and really just throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks. So I really hope you enjoy Question Time. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Modern History HSC podcast. Um, I'm Mark Batterham and I'll be your host for today. So today we're going to be Um, looking over and discussing a question from the 2021 HSC trial exam and it's going to be on the Cultural Revolution to the Tiananmen Square, 1966 to 1989. And so we've chosen um, a 12-mark question, which is, to what extent did the reforms of Deng Xiaoping transform China in the period to 1989? And with this question, we're given a source, which is a billboard of Deng Xiaoping, and he's pictured in front of a futuristic city as a hint to his economic and political reforms, which have heavily influenced uh, the Chinese nation. And this picture is based in Shenzhen, which is one of China's Um, special economic zones and so they were heavily impacted by Deng's reforms lifting the fishing village to a um, powerhouse economic powerhouse of up to 10 million people so um, I'm joined here by Scott Sophie and Tom and first of all what's everyone's stance on the question um Hello again, everyone. My name's Tom. And um, for a to what extent question, I would say you have to sort of say to maybe a great extent or to a lesser extent. And for this particular question, I would say that Deng Xiaoping has had, um, has greatly impacted, um, his reforms have greatly transformed China from the period to 1989. So I'm taking to a great extent as my stance. Sophie? Yep. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Sophie. And in answer to this question for me, I'd say that Deng Xiaoping had quite an impact with his reforms. So I'd be more leaning towards explaining 
the impact that it had on the people and yeah, the people in China. How about you, Scott? Yeah, so Scott, I um, I also agree with Tom, and I think that Deng Xiaoping greatly impacted um, China, especially on its economy, with these four modernizations, which we'll get into a bit more as evidence. Okay, everyone. So, being a twelve mark question, we're going to expect an intro, two pure paragraphs, and our conclusion. So, for our introduction. We're going to discuss um, two points which we'd like to explore further in our two peel paragraphs. So I heard earlier that um, some economic um, transformations and transformations for the people in China. So how would we like to word this? Um, we might start first with talking about modernizations and what they are. Um, so modernizations were uh, science and technology, um, agriculture, uh, defense, and industry. And industry. Um, they were very important to the economy and to future economies, um, which was brought on upon by Deng Xiaoping. What else do you guys think? Um... Well, I'd go on to explain that his reforms were like sort of led China away from Maoist ideologies or planned economy. That's sort of what I'd go into. Yeah, um, I'd say I might even go into three points just to sort of increase the quality of the response. And maybe first point we talk about um, how it impacted China economically and then maybe like socially. And then after that, just, I don't know, maybe through education or how it maybe didn't have as much impact politically with him not adopting a fifth modernization of democracy. Yeah, that's a very good point, Tom. Um, is everyone happy to take that stance and kind of explore some of the, say, negative impacts of the reforms? Yeah. Okay, Doug. So we've got a nice brief introduction. So why don't we start on his economic reforms? Um, so I think this comes more into the four modernizations. And um, as Scott said earlier, with um, science, technology, um, agriculture, industry, and defense, and he sort of just wanted to, um, as well as like the implementation of the special economic zones, I think it was, where he basically allowed a little bit more capitalism and whatnot to occur in these um, special areas, um, which had like great impacts on the Chinese economy by allowing them to export and to sell for profit, allowing the people to run small businesses and stuff. Um, Sophie, do you have anything to say? Um, well, I know that in 1978, he had actually delivered a speech for China's future. And I guess because China was sort of at the grip of chaos and terror from the Cultural Revolution, it sort of gave the Chinese people a bit of an idea of what the future is for them with um, Deng Xiaoping being their like leader and being in power at that time. Yeah, um, he was definitely a breath of fresh wind um, compared to Mao with his focus on China instead of himself. He definitely um, 
wanted to improve economy because if you improve economy, you obviously have more money, which will obviously sit well with the people because you could expand um, different industries and different benefits towards the people, which I think is where you could get the um, people on side because you're obviously offering more jobs, um, better education, better military too, because there's more funding. So um, there's a great extent of um, impact on those four factions. Yeah, and I think his um, reforms have had a lasting impact as well in terms of the fact that China is now like industrial and economic powerhouse in the modern world. So I feel like that that's something you could sort of bring up as well when you're talking. Uh, do we want to move on to the second point of um, like societal change? Um, just before we move on, um, I feel like the source of Deng Xiaoping in front of the city would fit well in the economic one because it's kind of showing that um, transformation and the ability of Deng Xiaoping's reforms to modernise China. And so I'd just like to include that quick reference to um, utilise some of the points that are awarded. So now we can um, move on to the social um, changes that occurred under Deng Xiaoping. Um, all right, so to start off with, you had a lot of um, policies around anti-corruption and um, sort of decreasing the crime rates around the place by killing um, over 20,000 criminals. Um, so while that was probably very harsh, you can sort of see that it's had like great, greatly positive impacts in terms of the fact that the crime rates in China are still very low today and were very low after that occurred. So I guess by being harsh, he was able to do this. Um, like another major thing about Deng's new um, policies is sort of that he um, was a bit more open than say now and was encouraging the people to sort of cooperate both like and um, talk about his government without the sort of um, yeah. yeah fear that they had under Mao and also like not only within China but he was also increasing ties with other countries which are allowing like this is like the Chinese society to sort of um, uh, Um, allowing for, <laughs> do you guys know the word I'm looking for? I'm trying to think. Um, uh, kind of opening up their eyes. Yeah. To the. Um... Uh, yeah. I know, similar to way, oh, multi, multi, multiculturalism, sort of opening up that sort of avenue, which had a lot of impacts as well. And especially on like, I guess we'll get into it later, but education and whatnot, because they're able to share ideas across different countries now, rather than previously when they were firstly locked in with like between just China and the Soviet Union. And then when the Soviet Union split with them in the Sino-Soviet split, they had really only China. And you see, um, I think we saw a lot of um, ideas transferred between China and Japan during this period when they were sort of negotiating peace with both America and Japan. And um, a lot of, the sort of technology that Japan had been taking advantage of through this period was now sort of transferring to China. 
Yeah, I think possibly some evidence that you could use for this point is the fact that um, rural areas were moving to cities to where all the money was. Um, from uh, in 1985 was probably a drop from 85% of people down to about 70% of people in um, in um, agricultural areas, which is quite a huge drop. Um, so they're obviously getting more people flocking into the cities to supply their powerhouse of um, economic change. Yeah, and on um, saying what Scott said there, um, the the globalisation had really helped and a key um, outcome of Deng's reform would be um, the decrease in poverty, which had seen about 200 million people, the most in human history, lifted out, out of poverty. So what do you think about that? Yes, I feel like that that's sort of a... A result of the economic change but it's very um, impactful on the society as a whole and enabling them to sort of um, I don't know live better lives um, mm -hmm. enjoy life um. and like on that as well they would have sort of looked into the future and been more confident that it was going to be better than maybe what they had expected as well yeah after um now um died and Deng took over, there was a significant drop in poverty rates um, from about 90% in um, 1980 to uh, 95, I mean 95, 50% in 1995. So that's a huge 40% drop there in poverty. And that, that line continued to decrease up until now. Yeah, and as sort of a feature of societal change, there was a lot of um, educational growth. You know, now that the um, red guards weren't sort of killing off all of the, or um, beating and killing off all of the um, educated and upper classes, um, there was sort of a, um, became more of a focus on, I don't know, being intelligent and getting rich by working hard and that sort of thing under Deng. And so people were sort of moving towards becoming more educated rather than just um, dropping out of school to to join the workforce under Mao. And that had like greatly positive impacts on China, as well as the fact that they could now, um, like intellectuals could now um, uh, collaborate with other intellectuals from other countries and sort of bring the knowledge that had been separate from China for years into China and sort of allowed them to further develop their economy and their society as well. Yeah. And on that, I'll add to that. Um, so what China had produced actually changed. So in 1980, agriculture was like a huge part of the economy for China. But now after his reforms with the economy, it made up 10% of the whole economy that China makes as well. So that would have added on for the workers, like there would have been more education instead of going into the workforce into agriculture. Yeah, there's definitely some great social changes under Deng, which had, we've seen has continued on through a lot of the um, um, successive CCP leaders. Um, was there anything else we'd like to say on the social conditions or? 
Um, no. No, I think, I don't think so. Yeah, I think we sort right of, yeah, yep. so the I'll nail move. on the head. Yeah, it was a good discussion. We can um, move on to more of the educational impacts and some of also the negative side effects of DEMS reforms. Yeah, so I feel like, I don't know, maybe not as a reform as such, but sort of under his new anti-corruption and sort of anti-crime um, policies, the Tiananmen Square incident occurred, which is probably a very um, dark cloud over... Deng's, um, Deng's legacy. yeah legacy, and so that had some pretty, pretty horrible impacts on, on China. Do you guys know the death toll of that or anything? No, I know there was quite a large amount of yeah. people that had died. But I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's around three thousand people that oh, okay. had been slaughtered. Yeah, maybe another negative policy that occurred, depending on which side you look at it, is the one-child policy, which, yeah. you know, sort of capped China's ability to move forward and was sort of aimed at allowing them to um, continue to provide for their people so like in terms of social benefits and the economy but I feel like it might have might we <clears throat> might be seeing some sort of ne negative impacts coming from this especially in terms of the um, skewed gender demographic towards the male due to like um, cultural ideals and whatnot as well as the um, fact that now there's a largely aging population in China, which the the smaller young, like the lesser younger demographic are going to have to try and um, deal with and are dealing with now. Yeah. Because, yeah, for evidence for that, when Deng sort of oversaw that policy, it was because most women were having seven children and that sort of put the population of China up to almost a billion. So when he put it down to one, I think that, had a major effect as well, like what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Do we feel there was any other negative ramifications of some of the um, reforms and transformations under Deng, or was it just these um, kind of significant events like the Tiananmen Square and one-child policy? Uh, I feel like an, another negative maybe not policy was the fact that he didn't include um, democracy in as a fifth modernization like he had been had been recommended by a certain certain leader in the ccp and um so i feel like you know while he did modernize a lot in terms of economy and society and whatnot marx has written here um we jing shang was the leader who recommended the fifth modernization of democracy but i feel like um Politically, that sort of had impacts as far as it didn't change as much in terms of politics and whatnot by sort of sticking to the um, one-party state and the somewhat dictatorial regime. Um, so, yeah, I feel like maybe he could have included democracy as a fifth modernisation, but all in all, the other, the other policies that he um, introduced had a significant impact on bettering the Chinese people. And I feel like the question is, isn't so much about like positive or negative impacts, it's just how much and to what extent his policies actually changed China for better or for worse. And I feel like under Deng, there was a great deal of change. Yeah, so we all agree overly, it was a, a positive change for China and most of the transformations 
were beneficial yeah. to the Chinese population. Yeah, yeah. definitely with the economy, how uh, the profits rose exponentially. And that's. Alrighty, so we've discussed some pretty good points now. We're just going to sum it all up with a conclusion. So, who'd like to give a brief overview of um, what we've discussed? All right, so we'll, I'll, I'll try and wrap it up here. Um, so, our thesis was sort of that to a great extent, um, Deng, um, Deng's reforms changed China in the period to 1989. And so I'd say in your conclusion, you want to sort of restate that in terms of saying maybe it is clearly evident that Deng Xiaoping's reforms of the four modernizations, special economic zones, um, anti-corruption laws, um, um, decriminalization, all had greatly positive and extensive as well as lasting impacts on the on China, both economically and societally, or maybe culturally. Socially. Well. So, yeah, there you go. That's what I'm looking for, Scott, <laughs> socially. Um, and then sort of maybe wrap up with some little pieces of the, the major points that you came up with. Came up with. Um, but I feel like your conclusion doesn't have to be longer than maybe a couple of sentences. Yes, yeah, so, um, we've all discussed the um, positive overview, um, positive stance on Deng's reforms. And um, I think we've done a good job to answer this 12 mark question. So um, we're going to wrap up now. So we'll just get everyone to sign off. And thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening. Hope you tune in next time. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you enjoyed our podcast. So. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Um, yeah. Please um, comment if you like the sort of new style of the question um, podcasts, sort of uh, going through our processes when answering these sort of HSC questions, because this is a sort of crucial part of the whole course in terms of like, you know, it's the end result of all your learning. The HSC Modern History Podcast signing off. Thank you.